Chapter Thirty One of Harry D. Or Making It Out. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by John Brandon. Harry D. Or Making It Out by Francis J. Finn. Section Thirty One in which Mr. Caggett allows himself to be persuaded to spend a night in my uncle's house. If my dreams were unpleasant on the night of the 22nd, they were positively frightful during the succeeding night. My uncle came and went in various loathsomeness of shape. Caggett came and went in all the bloated proportions of unhealthy dreamland. Both, by way of variety, invaded my slumbers together and their harsh, rasping voices cut my agonized dream-self like a knife. These hideous apparitions were succeeded by moments of wakefulness, at which intervals I half repented of my morrow's expedition, and devoutly wished that my uncle and his money had never come within the sphere of my life. At three in the morning I arose in disgust, took a cold shower-bath, and composed myself to read. After an early breakfast I threw my things into my valise, and was taxing my memory to find whether anything had escaped me, when I heard a sharp ring at the doorbell. Being on the tiptoe of expectation, I hastened to the door myself, and opened it upon a boy, who delivered me the following telegram. Train delayed six hours. Can't make it so as to meet you at Sessionsville. We'll see what I can do. Percy Wynne. My heart sank on reading these lines. The disappointment was keen, and again I was tempted to abandon the extravagant project. What? Spend the night of all nights in that house of all houses, with that man of all men, Caggett? The fear and loathing with which the very thought of this fellow filled me is unspeakable. To the reader it may appear childish and indeed in a certain way it was childish. There are impressions made on us in early days which many years efface not. In the presence of Caggett I was still, so to speak, the small, nervous, sickly boy not yet in his teens. Yet why should I fear him now? I was strong, healthy, well-developed, his superior in intellectual training, nearly his equal in strength. Thus I reasoned, but feeling and memory were not to be carried by syllogisms. I was afraid of Caggett, that was clear. I was resolved that he should be my companion, that too was certain. But I could not bring myself to think of spending a single night alone with him. Accordingly, within three minutes of receiving the telegram, I sent a note to Mr. Lang, telling him I needed him at once, and unfolding the circumstances that made me request his attendance. I sent this note by a special messenger, and after an interval which, short as it was, seemed an age to me, I received this answer. Dear Sir, I regret exceedingly that business of most pressing moment, and to which I have pledged myself, will not allow me to accompany you on your visit to your uncle's house. I am very sorry indeed, for I am very interested in the case. The best thing I can do, the only thing, 
is to send you the only available man i can command mr john nugent he is a good man very acute but young inexperienced and as yet much wanting in physical bravery hope he will do it will be a good novitiate for him in our line of life to spend a night in what is popularly supposed to be a haunted house with regrets i am yours sincerely lang p s nugent has given me trouble doesn't want to go at all but i put the screws on him he'll be at your house within a few minutes of this letter l this missive did not raise my already depressed spirits everything seemed to be going awry even the weather which had grown ugly a few minutes before eight a young gentleman with nondescript clothes straw-colored hair and mustache and a washed-out complexion presented himself to me as mr john nugent i was struck with his retreating chin weak mouth and general air of irresolution i'm afraid i said as i shook his hand that i'm taking you upon a very uncongenial task oh dear no not at all you don't know how delighted i am and he smiled as men smile when they're lost for facial expression my friend i thought as i gazed into the face of the very weak man if unnecessary and injudicious lying be a passport to success in your profession you'll stand at the top in a disgracefully brief time further reflections were cut short by the appearance of mr Caggett, every inch a tramp still but a tramp rushed up as to his shreds and patches for a special occasion good morning Caggett and as i spoke i felt grateful for the encouraging presence of even the insignificant mr nugent you're on time for a splendid job i'll need your services today and perhaps tomorrow for which i'll give you twenty-five dollars i'm your man said Caggett promptly what do you want me to do i'll begin right off i want to examine my uncle's house what a living horror his face became as he took in these words the haunted house he gasped sure that's talk i answered no it isn't he protested you'll never come out alive nonsense i spent a night there already and i liked it so much that i'm not afraid to go again but i am and i'll not go lord to think of staying there alone where my old boss was murdered but you'll not be alone i urged this gentleman and myself will keep you company the horror was still on his face as he repeated i'll not go Caggett, i need you i want to search all the rooms for a large sum of money you know the house better than any one alive i'll make it worth your while to go you'll get fifty dollars was it the fifty dollars which changed Caggett's purpose i thought so at the time perhaps the sequel will supply the reader with another and a stronger motive at any rate after due pause and consideration Caggett asked will you give me one pint of brandy today another tonight and another tomorrow yes i answered after reflection but mind if you get drunk you get no pay 
he laughed a laugh which was as the swinging of multitudinous hinges whereat the law clerk changed color and tugged nervously at his mustache you needn't fear that i'll get drunk on that allowance well i agree to go but remember i'm not to be alone for a single second during this night that you may rely upon i said if you follow instructions thus it came to pass that Caget, nugent and myself a most ill-assorted trio took the nine o'clock train for tower hill mansion arrived there on a gloomy evening and established ourselves in my uncle's house to pass a night so full of strange occurrences so remarkable in its turn of events that i shall give it the benefit of at least one chapter to itself end of chapter thirty one